the most courage I needed. It wasn't like decision to write. That was actually desire I found in my heart, like a childhood dream yeah, to be a writer. But the most courage it took, it was to decide to do something else, to do something new, to give myself permission to try. Welcome to Smashing the Plateau. We help consultants, coaches, entrepreneurs, and small business owners build their businesses after long careers as employees. We believe you should be able to do more of what you love and get paid what you're worth consistently. I'm your host, David Schreiner-Khan. Today on Smashing the Plateau, I'm speaking with author and founder of Resurrecting Books, Michal Sawicki. In today's episode, you will learn what happens when you give yourself permission to start something new. Stay with us to hear all the details. How do you feel about where your business is today? Most of us do our best work in collaborative, supportive environments. Come explore ours. The Smashing the Plateau community can help you build your business through engaging discussions, live events, a private communication platform, accountability partners, and lots more. Learn more at smashingtheplateau.com. Now let's welcome Michal Stavicki. Named Mr. Consistency, Michal is a best-selling author in the personal development field, business coach, and founder of the book advertising agency Resurrecting Books. He's obsessed with changing the world through daily habits, starting with his own habits and his world. Michal preaches and practices consistent daily action. He believes this is the means to achieve success in any area of life, from parenting to business. Michal, welcome to the show. Welcome, David. Thank you for having me. My pleasure. You've written 19 books that have sold over 85,000 copies. How have your daily habits been instrumental in your own success? Yeah, they were instrumental, as you, as you said. Uh, when I started my writing career, uh, I was working uh, full-time. So I wrote on the trains, during my commute to work and from work. That was one of my habits, uh, daily writing. And I, I had to stuff it somewhere into my day. So I use the commute time apart from having a day job and commuting two, three hours a day. You know, I have three kids. So they're, and they were all under 10 uh, when I started. So a lot. Uh, to manage and writing was like it's the most important thing for a writer because you need to produce words then you can only edit them shape them into any form of publication so first and foremost you need to write that my second habit was addition and going over uh, what i produced and uh, fixing it and getting ready for my proofreader for my editor and then going once again through it and once again so and then there are uh, habits like networking or marketing habits uh, which i also practice at one time at the beginning of my uh, career marketing wise i was following several people reading their blogs, commenting under them and uh, like interacting with them, getting on the email lists, replying to the emails and so on and so on. So like that was my daily habit and it quickly helped me to 
create some relationships with, for example, Steve, Steve Scott, uh, self-publishing expert and author. I have 19 books. He has like 50 or 100. And uh, I learned a lot from him. And I also got his help in promoting my books. Or Dave Chesson, uh, owner of And That's the biggest website for self-publishers in the world and i have like personal relationship with dave because i was going to his blog and commenting every blog post yeah you know it's interesting no matter you mentioned you have 19 books and and um and he has 50 or more whatever we produce there is always somebody who has right who has done more um, that that's true in any field. But I wanted to ask you so writing network marketing so habits related to those uh, were they connected to your your full-time day job or not? Well, no, it was my day job. I, I had been working in IT, a database administrator. So totally different cup of, of tea. Nope. Like the only advantage I, I had was that, okay, IT was normal for me. So I learned to set up a blog, a WordPress page, email lists, and so on. That, that's easy for me. And I, I say it's obligatory for every self-published author. Uh, but for me, it was so much easier because I had the IT background. But that's how much those two words overlapped. Mm. All right. So, but it's interesting. So you you connected your your skill set in the technical area with your your interest and skill set in a in a totally different area, writing network and marketing, right? Which makes you unique yes i i guess so and uh, the same applies for my uh, book advertising business by trade i was a database administrator and advertising it's a lot of data and also i have this knack that i just understand data i look at the ads dashboard and i see things like for most of of authors they are just, well, they need, you know, step-by-step -step explanation to understand what's going on. For me, it's obvious. And it's been from the very beginning because yeah, that was my background. And I think also this is my uh, talent. Yeah, I, I simply understand numbers like people understand words. Right. So that, that's a, a unique combination, understanding numbers and understanding words in particular when you connect them with personal development, that seems to me to be a perhaps a unique advantage that you have over many others. I would say we are all unique. That's why everybody has their own unique advantages. Those are mine. Yes, very true. Tell me a little bit about what your goals are with the, the writing, the networking, the marketing, and what you're doing that's not part of your day job. Well, I quit my day job last year because uh, that was my goal to scale up my uh, side hustles into something that can replace my day job and uh, marketing. One thing is to produce something, show it to the world, like publish a book on Amazon, but it just lies on the digital sh uh, shelves. If you not put some eyeballs on, on this book page, nobody will heard of you or buy your books so that was like the function of of marketing and networking especially networking i still find it very 
it's like a leverage uh, if you know others in your space. Last month we had uh, Amazon Prime Day and one of my friends organized a book event. About a hundred authors joined uh, the forces and we promote the, the event page. Everybody emailed their own uh, followers, readers. And I sold like 100 copies in two days. Normally I sell two, 300 copies a month. So yeah, that's the illustration of the power of networking. Uh, and yeah, that was in my mind when I started doing that. Yeah, no, it's it's definitely, yeah, the ways that you can leverage your relationships can be quite powerful. You're located in Poland. And where is your network? All over the world. Uh, so uh, I, I networked online. Like I truly, now maybe I know a handful of people who published something in Polish and in Poland. But when I started, nope, nobody. And I decided to start in English. I was hiding away from my uh, employer. That was the main reason. But uh, yeah, I created or rather connected to my network online and I have customers and friends and uh, authors I know all over the world, mostly in the States, but also all English speaking countries, UK, Canada, Australia, New Zealand, and some European countries as well. Michal, what, what kind of courage did it take to do this in what is not your native language? Uh, yeah, as I told you, I was hiding away from my employer that was actually a cowardness, <laughs> not, not courage. Yeah, like it takes some, I would say, bold decisions. There's always something you don't know, you cannot do right now, especially at the beginning. Like I always saying to people who are asking me for advice, Yes, at the beginning, you suck uh, at everything. <laughs> so, yeah, it, it takes some practice, some experimenting before you are proficient enough uh, in, in a specific area. Yeah, and like I started the first English blog around December 2012, and I published my first book in May 2013. So it was half a year of, of practice, really, without much stakes. Uh, but yeah, I got a lot of uh, feedback from my readers in those initial months. And uh, yes, my English was definitely much worse than it is now. So I also took it to heart. And my, my first book was edited like four times before I published it. But you are talking about courage, like the most courage I needed, it wasn't like decision to write. That was actually desire I found in my heart, like a childhood dream yeah, to be a writer. But the most courage it took, it was to decide to do something else, to do something new, to give myself permission to try. And like I, I started my life transformation after reading The Slight Edge by Jeff Olson and took me a month of like just reflecting over that message and thinking about it. And yeah, it's like, I could say it's true. And the stories from my life confirm that, but 
could it be so easy? And it took me a month of, of, you know, just grappling with myself before I gave myself that permission and, and took the first step. Well, isn't that the hardest part is, is grappling with these issues yourself and giving yourself permission to take the first step? Absolutely. It's like we are stuck in our own mindset, in our own beliefs. And it's so natural for us. Yeah? It's, this is what we know, we knew for our whole life. And like, uh, once I ask my, my friend, because I, I couldn't be productive at, at my day job, like just I couldn't force myself to work there. And, and he told me, well, you cannot help yourself. And that's so true. It's like trying to, you know, grab yourself by hairs and try to pick you up. No, it's, it's not possible, but someone else could do that. And, and that's how really this mindset shift happened to me because I read that book with a new message, which I didn't know previously and wasn't part of my worldview. And that's why it, it started to work. But yeah, it, it takes a lot of guts to try something new go out of your comfort zone and especially so like I had a fixed mindset I can admit that so it's, it's doubly terrifying for such a person because uh, for a person with fixed mindset if you try something and fail that's like the end of the world that's actually confirmation that uh, you are worthless so like it takes a lot of guts then to try something new. So, so how do you get over that fixed mindset? Uh, or do you not? It just like, like you clearly have somehow moved forward and gotten out of your comfort zone big time. Mm -hmm. So like Jim Rohn said it, it aptly that we change for two reasons, either inspiration or desperation. And desperation is so much closer to most of folks. For me, the tipping point was I extrapolated my finances uh, till my retirement. And in the uh, optimistic scenario, I had like $40,000 in my bank account. I was like, oh, something needs, needs to change. Like it was the pain of, you know, all those decades I felt at that point in time. Instead of waiting, living through it, I just felt that pain that was my desperation which get me started so uh, like i i clearly saw the picture okay this is where i will end up and that's the optimistic scenario so let's do something something else even if it's risky uh, because the path i was on was leading there and the the end point wasn't uh, appealing at all so like yeah if that's like the best scenario if i continue doing this yeah, then in your mind, starting something new, it's not that risky at all. Yeah, that is so true. So let's fast forward to today. Tell me a little bit about, you've left your job. Congratulations on being able to make the break and be a full-time entrepreneur. Tell me a little bit about what your business is like today. Uh, so I am working from home. My business is online. My income sources are book royalties, coaching, and book advertising business and book royalties is like 5% coaching, maybe 10% and the rest is book advertising business. And I work not even 40 hours. If I 
work 40 hours a week that's a good work a good week just because i know i'm at this stage there is no external push no external motivation so i get i need to get some interesting one and it's not working very well uh, well at least i'm continuing and it's not that i will bankrupt the next month or the next quarter but and i have a small team and i'm new to that uh, i was always like a specialist nobody under me in my corporate jo- job so now i manage my team i manage myself it's a new world and i'm getting familiar with that and i would say only the last month really i i feel like i'm moving forward and that there is more business and more business is coming yeah and i need to figure out everything and i have a lot of theory a lot of you know knowledge i was mentored by scott bb from my business on purpose so i know the business framework uh, and I follow it and it works, but still like I had been a lifelong employee. I had no true good entrepreneur role model. So I'm figuring it out. Okay. From online sources, from online figures, but still, I need to translate it into my specific situation. Plus, of course, personal situation. I have three kids. I'm married. I have a mortgage to pay off i'm not a digital nomad so i need to sometimes to translate those lessons from people who are so far ahead of me into okay what can i do here and now but so far it's working yes sir it's moving forward and also i had this security of of day job i scaled it to half time after five years so i was doing my side hustles and working half time uh, for a few years. So it's not like I, you know, overnight decided, okay, I quit my day job and start something new, or I need to figure out how to scale up this small hobby I had on the side. No, I, I already had the income enough to replace my day job when I uh, quit my day job. Yeah. Well, Congratulations on everything you've achieved in your transition. And yes, being a CEO, even if it's um, what what may be considered a solopreneur business, being the CEO and having a a small team is very different than being an individual contributor in an organization. And yes, we can learn all we can absorb through, you know, theoretically through watching others and reading and and following people but uh, doing it ourselves is is quite different yeah this is the knowledge internalized yeah so it's experience then yes and and i know i wanted to end actually talking a little bit about community because i know you and i connected through pat flynn's community spi pro and i know that you're um you definitely it's part of your networking you tap into the power of community. I wonder if you could share a little bit about your experiences in community and how that's been helpful. Do you know the book um, Big Potential by Sean Akor? I do not. Okay, I recommend it uh, wholeheartedly. It's it's a great book which tells that we have the false paradigm really about what it takes to be successful 
because we measure those individual metrics yeah, at school, then you go to college, you need to pass exams and so on. And it's all worthless because in modern world, in the modern world, world, everything is collaborative. And if it's not, well, it's gonna to lose uh, to a team of people. Yeah. And it it's even I can attest that it's even true in such a lonely jobs like an author, because I write alone. Okay. But then it's my choice to share my writings with better readers or not interact with other authors and learn from them or not. And I can tell you that the difference is striking. Sean Accor uh, labeled small potential versus big potential of collaboration. So just to give you one example, I published my first four books and I hit like 100 says in a month. And I was like, that was what I could do on my own. Then I get the help of, of a friend who helped me with marketing. I get the help of my mentor, Steve Scott, and he announced my launch to his huge list of readers. I started from a free promotion and I got several thousand dollars. And then I sold 500 copies of that one book in the next month. So that's that's the kind of difference between the small individual potential and the big potential of collaboration. Well said. On that note, we've covered a lot of territory in, in our conversation. And if somebody wants to go deeper with anything we've shared today and access any resources you might have or get in touch with you, where would be the best place for them to go? My blog, personal blog is expandbeyondyourself.com. There is a lot of personal development stuff there, especially around habits. And my uh, business website is resurrectingbooks.com. Yeah. I love what you're doing, Michal. And I in- encourage listeners to check you out and uh, learn more about you. And I also want to thank you so much for taking the time to join us today on Smashing the Plateau and share a little bit about your, your story and your journey. My guest today has been author and founder of Resurrecting Books, Michal Stawicki. Michal, thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. When you visit the Smashing the Plateau website at smashingtheplateau.com, you'll find a summary of each episode, along with the links we mentioned on the show. On today's episode with Michal Stawicki, we learned what happens when you give yourself permission to start something new. How do you feel about where your business is today? Most of us do our best work in collaborative, supportive environments. Come explore ours. The Smashing the Plateau community can help you build your business through engaging discussions, live events, a private communication platform, accountability partners, and lots more. Learn more at smashingtheplateau.com. I'm David Schreiner-Khan. Thank you for taking the time to listen to our show. I'll see you on our next episode.